Awesome. We're just going to finish off our time by uh, looking at Mark chapter 9. And uh, Mark chapter 9 gives us a little key here uh, about uh, issues we face that we can't handle on our own. Uh, there are things we can handle on our own strength in this life, but there are times when we run into things that we cannot move with our own strength. And Jesus gives us a little key here and how we can see some of those impossible things move and, and work out in our lives. And so the story in Mark chapter 9 is the disciples, uh, three of them are with Jesus up on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John, sort of that inner crew. And they had this amazing experience where Jesus transfigures himself and Moses and Elijah appear. And then, you know, Peter says that silly thing, you know, why don't we make three shrines, one for Jesus and for Moses and Elijah, then you know, God's voice pipes through and says, this is my son, listen to him, that the voice of Jesus is the one we are to be listening to, even over the voice of Moses or Elijah, that, that Jesus is the one that we, we, we filter our theology and our voice and our actions through. And then Jesus and those three disciples come down from the mountain, and there the, he finds the other nine disciples that have been hanging out in the village, and it says, when they returned to the other disciples... They saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. And so, sees the disciples arguing and with, with these religious teachers uh, who are similar to Pharisees, and uh, the disciples don't answer, the religious leaders don't answer, but the fellow from the crowd answers Jesus' question. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. Uh, he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Uh, and so it seems maybe this argument was over, maybe the, the, the religious leaders thought they were, disciples were using the wrong technique or something, they were arguing over it, but it has something to do with the disciples' inability to cast this demon out of this, out of this boy who would kind of shake and fall on the ground and kind of seize up. Um, and it notes here that this was uh, the result of, of, of a demon. And later we see Jesus cast out this demon. Uh, this Description is somewhat similar to what we might see as sort of modern-day epilepsy, uh, though it does note in the text that this was a result of, of a demon. And it's just important to note that, that sometimes demons can actually affect us physically, um, can manifest in physical sickness, but we also need to note that that is not always the case. Sometimes it's just that our body's not working right. Sometimes it is, could be the result of the demonic. Sometimes it could be unmixed. But we've got to be careful that we don't just rush and judge and think we know what was going on with somebody. Because the reality is that there are hundreds and hundreds of stories in the church who have been hurt by this text. Uh, people who you know, see someone with epilepsy and just immediately assume that it's a demon because it seems like it's the same thing in Mark chapter 9, so it must be a demon. And, and they tell that person there must be something wrong with you or there must be sin in your life or you've got to fix your life up because there's a demon in you or they pray and pray and pray and nothing happens and, and they just make the person feel guilty and horrible when maybe it's actually just a physical thing. Again, it, it could be a demonic thing. It could just be a physical thing. But, I mean, the Bible tells us to not judge. 
And this also means that we don't make a quick judgment when it comes to someone's health. Uh, this is where we need a revelation from the Father. Uh, we've got to say, God, God what, 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 do you, what step do you want us to take here? Because maybe they do need to go to the doctor. Maybe they do need prayer. I mean, you always need prayer, but it, it could be the result of a demon. It may not be the result of the demon. So just a, a quick note on that. Um, and so Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And it seems Jesus seems like a little bit, you know, ticked here, if you will. We don't know the tone of his voice, but, you know, it didn't, no matter how you put that tone, it just seems he's a little bit ticked. And, and there were just some things that ticked Jesus off. I mean, uh, just, I mean, Jesus was perfect, but you can still be perfect and ticked off at times at the right things. And one of those things that you see just kind of always miffed Jesus a little bit was when he saw his disciples displaying a lack of faith. And you can see, uh, just a scan of Matthew's gospel, how many times he says this. <laughs> you of little faith. Or you of little faith, why are you so afraid? You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? You of little faith. And it, it seems that Jesus was, you know, he just kind of tired of seeing the, the little faith his disciples would, would show at times. And it was almost often in the, in, in the case of showing little faith in God's ability to do the miraculous. Little faith in the reality that God can do a miracle. And, and because there's a something in us that sometimes just kind of doubts God's miraculous ability. And so Jesus looks at his disciples and say, Oh, you of little faith. <laughs> you faithless people. And it doesn't actually require a lot of faith. Because in Matthew's version, he says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is a pretty tiny seed, and you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it'll move. And that's just a, a Jewish proverb of saying the miraculous, that if you have even a little bit of faith, if it's genuine, even that little bit of faith believes in the miraculous, then God can do big things in your life. But it requires faith. And, and we, like Jesus is encouraging here, he's encouraging us to, to fan our faith and to grow our faith because the reality is, it just seems that the more faith there is, the more miracles people see. And Craig Keener, who is uh, the scholar who has actually researched miracles more than any other you know, scholar out there or theologian, he's got two giant volumes just recording miracles all over this world. And he's a brilliant scholar. And, uh, and he says this, hundreds of millions of people worldwide claim to have experienced or witnessed what they believe are miracles. Eyewitnesses claim to, eyewitness claims to dramatic recoveries appear in a wide variety of cultures among Christian, Christians often successfully emulating models of healings found in the Gospel of Acts. And sometimes we think, you know, read the Gospel of Acts and think, you know, why doesn't this happen today? Well, there are parts in this world and large parts of church history where this was, was just the case. Lots of miracles. Granted, granted such healings do not occur, occur on every occasion, and are fairly unpredictable in their occurrence, yet they seem to appear with special frequency in cultures and circles that welcome them. And so the, the more faith we have for miracles, the more that atmosphere is a part of us. Uh, Craig Keener, as he studied thousands and thousands of mir miracle accounts all over the world, says that they seem to happen more when there's an atmosphere of faith. There is this mustard seed of faith that says, God really can do a miracle in this situation. God really can do something big. And this is what Jesus seems to be encouraging 
throughout the Gospels when he says, oh, of you of little faith, and people are freaking out because they don't have their, their daily bread or clothes or food. And he's like, don't you have a seed of faith that believes God can do a miracle in this situation? Oh, he can do the miraculous. Next slide. It says, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, uh, wreathing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. Now notice Jesus didn't just hop right into to ministry and just, just fix this boy right away. He actually cares for the father. And this is an important part because sometimes, you know, we can just get into ministry mode where I gotta, I gotta fix the problem and you miss the emotional part of the situation where someone actually needs to be comforted. They need to be heard before that miracle is released. And so he, he just pauses and says, you know, how are you doing, father? How long has this been happening? Jesus asks the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. And the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. And, and that's the work of the enemy, to kill, steal, and destroy. And when you see things around you, that smell of killing and stealing and destroying, you, you know that's, that's the enemy at work. And he says, have mercy on us and help us if you can, Jesus. And then Jesus says this, what do you mean if I can? It's kind of like a little side statement like, oh, you have little faith. Anything is possible if a person believes, Jesus says. Anything is possible if a person believes. If there is that mustard seed of faith, it is amazing what miracles God can do. And, and so uh, he, uh, we, we serve this miracle-working God. In Jeremiah 32, it says, You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Or Ephesians 3.20 says, to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And I don't think, I always remember Tamara's sermon whenever I hear that now. Immeasurably more than all we ever ask or imagine. I mean, I mean just think about that verse. Just, you can imagine the most amazing thing. Jesus says, God can do more. You can think of the most amazing miracle, and God can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, and Jesus is gently sort of pushing us towards that kind of faith in our situation. God can do more than you could ever imagine in your, situ your situation. God can do ever more than you could ever ask in, in the situation you're going through. And he's always just urging us forward in a God who can do the impossible. Uh, I just read a story uh, just this week of this gal named Helen Rosevere. And she was a medical missionary in, in Zaire, which is kind of along the, the equator. And uh, she was a doctor who went there to, to care for people. And she had, about her fourth year in, uh, this mom who gave birth to this baby uh, way premature. And the mother, mother died giving birth. And so she was stuck with this premature baby and, and, and there was an older sister. And, uh, and they knew they were in trouble because they had to keep this baby warm. And in their area, even though we were on the equator, it actually got very, very cool at night. And so they were trying to figure out how to keep this baby warm, and they had, they had one hot water bottle left. <laughs> and so they, she told her, you know, helpers to go start a fire and to heat up the hot water so they could fill up this hot water bottle so to keep this baby warm during the cool night. And during the process, uh, uh, process of filling up this hot water bottle, it burst because it was, it was old and brittle. 
And she's like, what are we going to do? And, and this baby's life was in trouble. And so for that night, they, they kept the fire going, and they put the baby next to the fire, and then another human next to the baby to try to keep that little tiny, tiny baby warm. The next day, Helen goes to the, the orphanage, and uh, she always does this little prayer meeting with the orphans, and she just let the orphans know about the situation with this little baby. And this little 10-year-old orphan just prayed this bold prayer, and she says, you know, God, we need a hot water bottle, and we need it today, and, and, and you know, we need a little dolly for the sister as well. And, of course, Helen was just kind of like, this is going to be impossible. I mean, she had been there four years and never once had received a package from back home, not once. And she's like, I mean, I mean, who in the world would ever send a hot water bottle to the middle of the equator anyways, even if we did get a, pocket, a package? And, and she thought this, this prayer was a little silly, but, uh, but, but this little 10-year-old orphan had this, this faith. And then two hours later, there was a message that was like, a package came. And, and Helen's like, what, a package? And she goes over and opened up, and there is this hot water bottle. And not only a hot water bottle, but there's a little doll in there as well with some other supplies for, for the sister. And, and, and the reality is, it actually, uh, this came actually back from home. It was a five-week journey <laughs> for this package to get there. And, uh, and, and five weeks before this, there was a Sunday school who was packing this box for Helen. Just felt God say, you need to pack this box. And for some reason, she felt God say to put a hot water bottle in. Now, she had no idea why, or this seems kind of silly, maybe it seems kind of dumb, but she put it in there, and it arrives the very next day, and this baby is saved. This is the kind of God we serve. I mean, even when you pray, I mean, God can, you know, retroactively work, you know, in our prayers, and, you know, sometimes I'll pray for things, even though they happen, I pray for it the day after, because I know God can work before, and, you know, he's a miracle-working God. You've done that too, haven't you? I'm sure you have, prayed for things after the fact. <laughs> but the problem with, with these kind of miracles, and we know them, uh, many of you know of miraculous healings and just incredible miracles. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands, just like mind-blowing miracles that God has done around this world. But the problem is sometimes the same problem the Father has. The Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my un." belief. I do believe, but, but help me overcome my unbelief. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, I believe in miracles for other people more than I believe in God working miracles for my situation. You ever, ever experienced that? It's like, I believe a miracle for you, and I can pray big for you, but sometimes we don't actually believe that for ourselves, and, and so this becomes actually a valid prayer. God, I believe. I know you do miracles. I've heard story after story after story. I believe. Would you help my unbelief? Would you help that mustard seed of faith grow so we can see more mountains move? Would you help that mustard seed of faith grow in this church so this atmosphere is more open for God to release miracles in? And so when Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit, which is interesting. Jesus sees a crowd coming, so he quickly rebukes the spirit before the crowd gets there. Very good message for those who are in ministry. Because a lot of people in ministry would wait for that crowd to come and then cast it out because look at me. Look at how amazing I am. Jesus like, tries to get out of the way before the crowd gets there. He rebukes the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit, that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. So he's speaking to the spirit. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead, a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. 
But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. And of course, he was well and whole. And then, uh, next slide. It says, afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Great question. The disciples are like, why in the world couldn't we cast out this evil spirit? Because up until this point, it seems that they had been successful every other time. I mean, when Jesus sent out the 12 and he sends out the 72, it says Jesus gave them authority to heal the sick and cast out demons, and they come back, and, they're, and they're, they're thrilled. They're like, even the demons obey us. It seems that every other time, these disciples were successful. Every other time, it worked. But for some time, reason, this, it didn't work this time. Uh, they couldn't cast this demon out. So this, this is a very good question. The disciples are very curious, uh, and Jesus, he just answers it in a very simple way. This kind can be cast out only by prayer. This kind can be cast out only by prayer. And that's all Jesus says. Mark, Matthew has a different answer in his, his account. But Mark, writing this gospel, thinks that this is enough for us to be able to take something home with us today. That, that's enough for us. This kind can only be cast out by prayer. In all of us like the disciples, um, can handle things on our own. You know, the disciples have been very successful casting out demons to this point, and, and there are things that we can handle. You know, you know, God has given us wisdom. He has given us strength. He has given us skills, and we have, you know, maybe went to school and learned some ability, and there, there are a lot of things we can handle in this world. But there are things like the disciple that we will run into that we try, we speak, and we try with all our effort, and it does not move. It does not change, even with all our wisdom and, and skill and ability, and this problem is not fixed. Could it be that Jesus is wrapping his arms around you right now and whispering in your ear and saying, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. This kind can only be moved by prayer. But what's weird about this text is, you read it, Jesus didn't pray. <laughs> he doesn't pray in this text. <laughs> he, he, he speaks to the demon. He doesn't pray to God. Uh, and this is why most theologians will note that Jesus isn't talking about, you know, praying in the moment of crisis. He's talking about a life of prayer. This kind can only come out when your life is saturated in prayer. You see, the disciples, it didn't seem that their life was very saturated in prayer. It seems that they were sleeping a lot of times when Jesus was praying. And we see texts like this in Luke chapter 5 where it says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. That Jesus' faith was saturated in prayer. His life was saturated in prayer. And so when the crisis came, there was spiritual power that just, just came out and the demon leaves. The disciples did not live a life saturated in prayer. And so when they run into the situation, there is no spiritual power to fix the issue. This kind can only be cast out when your faith is saturated in prayer. It is saturated in his presence. And again, prayer is much more than just talking to God. Prayer is communication. It is speaking to him. It is listening to him. It is hanging out with him. It is worshiping him. It is just being saturated in his presence. Could it be that you find yourself today in a similar situation to the disciples? You've been striving, you've been trying, you've been pushing, you've been moving something with your own effort, and it's not moving. And maybe God is coming up to you today and just saying, this kind 
can only be cast out by prayer. So, Father, we, God, just thank you for this little line. And, God, we just initially just repent for, God, how often we, tr- we just try to be self-sufficient in so many things and, and try to do everything in our own strength. Uh, God, we just, we just lay that down and invite your presence and your power and your miraculous abilities, God, into our situation. God, we know you do miracles, and you've, you've done them all throughout history, and you're doing them now, that you are a, a miracle-working God. And I pray, God, that you continue to build our faith, that little mustard seed of faith, God, would grow, that, that you would help our unbelief. I believe, but would you help our unbelief? And God, we just seal this thought as we respond in song. Jesus' name.